0: the current podcast episode 167 travel and art with alice tams do you want to grow a thriving profitable handmade business my name is jess van den and i'm here to help you do just that i took my own handmade business full-time in 2010 and since 2013 i've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses so are you ready to thrive let's get learning hey there it's Jess welcome back to the show today I'm talking to an artist who specializes in birds wearing hats but she does so much more than that as well in fact she has a really multifaceted business model that allows her to travel for much of the year and get her prints shipped out from back home and do exciting art projects wherever she goes So I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode with Alice Tams. I first of all have a little bit of news. There is something very, very exciting happening next week. You will find out on the 7th of November. I am launching a brand new project with two of my fellow teachers, Michaela Danvers and Deb Engelmeyer, who you may be familiar with. If you've been uh, watching my Instagram, you probably saw a sneaky little uh, peek of that. So this new project is launching next week and I will be telling you all about it on the podcast next week. So don't miss that. Keep an ear out for it. I cannot wait. We've been working on this for months now and I'm super excited to bring you this new thing that is going to help you run your business even better and have a little bit of fun along the way so i'll be back next week with that i'm also looking forward to uh, having a little break from the podcast soon Uh, there's a few more episodes coming your way and then i'm going to be publishing the summer series so the highlights of the best episodes from the year so if you've missed any of the previous episodes or you're a new listener you're going to get a chance to listen to some of the highlights from 2018 and then i'll be ready to come back strong in 2019 with brand new episodes and interviews for you Uh, i'm really looking forward to that a whole nother year of the podcast it's been going for a couple years now and i'm still loving doing it every single day if you have I've got two requests one if you have any topic that you would love me to cover that I haven't already covered in the show previously get in touch with me and let me know and number two I am calling out for makers who would like to come on the podcast. So, if you have a successful handmade business, whether it's full-time or part-time, you've been running it for a while, it's where, you know, you're kind of getting to where you want to be, you're making the money you want to make, and you've got some lessons to share, some things that you've learned that you would be happy to come on the show and talk about, I really want to hear from you. So, send me an email, jess at createandthrive.com, let me know who you are, what you do, shoot me a link to your website, and give me just a couple of sentences about what you you can share with the great and thrive community that you would would help other makers uh, grow their handmade businesses so please don't be shy you know I obviously am always on the lookout for people to invite on the show but I'm also very open to people pitching me so if you want to send me a pitch please do Uh, I'm very happy to hear from you very happy to uh see what you have to share with our community because it really is all about that it's about people coming on the show sharing their stories and we always learn so much from listening to the stories of other makers and creatives so do get in touch with me the best thing is please email me, jess at createandthrive.com. I'd love to do a few interviews over the next month or so. I know it's super busy, but if you've got a little bit of pocket of time, an hour or half an hour or an hour, and you think it would be a great fit for you, then get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. All right, so let's get started with this episode. This week, the story of an artist who is currently Travelling the world, painting birds on buildings and having a great time while doing it. Alice Tams, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. (laughs) It's wonderful to have you. Uh, I stumbled across your work a little while ago and it was so adorable. I'm like, I, I need to get this woman on the show to talk about her birds in hats uh, and her business. So, for, for the people listening who aren't familiar with you, mm-hmm. could you just tell us a little bit about what you do and why?
1: Okay, so the why bit is quite difficult. <laughs> uh, I, I'm an illustrator um, and I suppose a small business owner as well. Well, you know, my own illustrated goods. Um, and through kind of like a joke that got out of hand, my my main niche, <laughs> <laughs> my main niche is drawing birds in hats. Those uh, in birds wearing hats, not inside them. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, we, we have
0: to start with this because we're going to go back mm. and talk about other elements of your journey, but I have to know how the birds enhance thing happened.
1: Well, it honestly is a joke that got out of hand. Like um, I always, always wanted to be an illustrator and I was always keen on kind of like carving my own path. So like a small business was quite a natural progression of things. But um, I was just halfway through my degree um, and I was in my flat drawing a bird, an owl, and it was a really bad one, really out of proportion. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this this is a throwaway. Um, so I put a hat on it. <laughs> and I don't know, it just sort of finished off the drawing. So I think, I think my housemate kind of said, oh, you should do more of those. So I think the next one I did was maybe a pigeon in a top hat, which became my logo um, and basically my like uh, avatar <laughs> online. Yes. Um, and then I think I did a vulture and a safari hat. And I just found the more I did it, the funnier it got because it was such a silly (laughs) idea to begin with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And now it's become your niche. I call it a micro niche, kind of a niche within a niche. Oh, yeah. Uh, Micro niche is fair. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, looking at your website and in your Etsy shop and everything, it's it's pretty much birds in hats all day, every day. But I know you do more than Birds in Hats. So what other elements uh, are there to your business?
1: Well, I mean, like running any small business, there's some really boring stuff like accounting and Mm -hmm. chasing new wholesalers, um, investigating new products. You know, I I, I definitely, I I became an illustrator because I love drawing and painting and sort of, pen to paper sort of making. So I try mm-hmm. to do that every day, but it's also quite feasible that I will go a week without drawing anything, especially in the mm-hmm. run up to Christmas, um, which is my busiest period.
0: Yeah. And so, you you know, as most of us know, uh, you're so busy trying to fill orders that you don't have time to create new things. Necessarily. Yeah. I
1: mean, particularly at the start, that was a huge problem. Um, mm. Like when I was scaling up, but hadn't outsourced anything yet, that was, I... I spent a couple of Christmases really miserable, even though I was a full-time illustrator and I designed birds in hats for things for a living. Like, it's hardly, like, you know, a super stressful job, it would seem. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's how I got into the path of outsourcing things.
0: So let's talk a little bit about also your journey. So you, you did a degree. Was that in illustration, like art illustration?
1: Uh, no, it wasn't actually. It was uh, English literature and creative writing because um, I do love to write as well though I've never monetized that and I'm really far away from monetizing it to be honest um that's that's like a long long-term goal um to to write professionally but um I suppose I write all my press releases and product descriptions but yeah it's not mm. quite the same um but yeah I, I I was too scared to do an art degree to be honest um okay. I was 18 and I was just worried about paying the bills and worried I wasn't good enough to be a full-time mm-hmm. artist so I, I chose something just slightly more academic that I was still passionate about
0: and I'm assuming you know you were saying half with your degree is when you kind of drew the owl so I'm assuming you were just drawing for your own enjoyment throughout this process
1: yeah exactly yeah and then I set up a little blog spot called birds in hats this is like years ago now and that was for my friends entertainment and just to just I think it's really good to have a project no matter how small it seems to begin with to just be like I'm going to do this thing and publish it here once a week and you just start to really quickly build up a body of work
0: and at what point did you kind of decide to run with
1: it and 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 go with this and make it your full-time thing it was a really slow burn, um, so I kept working on the project and just generally practicing and trying to become a better illustrator, and I graduated and immediately got a job in a pub because I needed to pay the rent, <laughs> 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 I didn't have a student loan anymore, and I kept doing it, and I think I, I got featured in this magazine called o- Comely, which is a UK-based magazine, and it was in its like fifth issue, um, so I managed to get like a double spread, even though I was obviously completely unknown. And that just that just garnered like a little bit of interest. Um, like a couple, literally a couple of people emailed me and were like, "Do you do prints?" And I was like, <laughs> uh, "Yes," <laughs> and just started to like ruin my home printer by trying to make these cards and prints to fill like the tiniest market. And it just so, I. I don't know. To be honest, it was it was a while ago now. It must have been 2009, 2010. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So long ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think I don't know. I don't know about Australia, but in, in England and in London, the sort of like a uh, small creative business boom was kind of fermenting. It wasn't really, it wasn't out yet. Um, so I kind of rode this wave of um, the internet facilitating people like me to have their own businesses. And and I, I, it grew really slowly. Um, I had a really nice boss um, at the pub and she gave me every Sunday off. And every Sunday I went to Brick Lane, which is quite a famous market in London, and just mm-hmm. sold work. So I'd turn over maybe £300 a Sunday and just pile it straight back into the business. Right. Because um, there was no like startup loan, which is not... Not that they're bad, like they're quite sensible, but I just wasn't um, clever enough to look into that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> weren't really ready to do that either. Maybe
1: yeah, it's a big step. Yeah, I, I like. I was never sure that I'd be full time, and like a loan mm. is such a terrifying commitment. And um, yeah. I was just quite happy to, you know, make money, put it back in, make money, put it back in, and and grow it really slowly, like while supporting myself with the pub job um and yeah it was a slow growth for sure it took about five years to go full time i think from drawing that bad owl to uh, um to leaving the pub job and i would i would cut down my shifts one at a time so i'd do you know four shifts in the pub three shifts uh three days illustrating and, and yeah etc um and then even when i quit i was like well i might be back here in two months who knows it's <laughs> <So, laughs> definitely what all the patrons thought
0: so I think that sounds like a really sensible way of doing things and I know it's a way that a lot of us have done it you know this sort of slow move from hey I've got this job that makes me money I've got this creative thing on the side And I'm going to, you know, rather than making a huge leap because, you know, we have to pay the bills, you just slowly move from one to the other. And it sounds like you had kind of almost a perfect situation where you could just slowly (laughs) drop those hours away and and slowly increase the hours on your business as it went well.
1: Yeah, I got really lucky. I mean, it's much harder to do if you're in an office environment. Um, Yeah, like a pub job isn't ideal in a lot of ways. I mean, it's fun, (laughs) but it's not ideal. But it was really (laughs) good in terms of just pure flexibility
0: yeah so I want to talk about another element of you right now and that's the fact that you are currently a nomad <laughs>
1: yeah so how did this come about uh well it's kind of linked to like the growth of my my business and uh, starting to outsource things um so I for the first couple of years full-time I was working from a studio in London so that was another big step getting a studio actually that was quite scary mm-hmm. but so important for le- work-life balance, like as soon as you can separate your workspace and your home space, because it seems <laughs> like, oh, I'm living the dream and working in my pajamas and you're not living the dream. It's really unhealthy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and actually, now that I'm sort of like sort of nomadic, I'm doing it again because I've not got mm. a studio um, here in Taiwan where I'm uh, traveling at the moment. And so you, you work from the space where your bed is and it's, it's really unhealthy. To mm. just, like, get up, have a shower, and like, do whatever, put some nice clothes on. Even if you're working in the same room, like, you have to go to work and you also mm-hmm. leave work mentally. It's so important, no matter how much you love your job. It's like, I love it,
0: yes, things. I love this, and I'd like to dive in a bit because I know that you know I work from home as well. I have okay, so a little bit of background on me. My listeners probably know this, but you probably don't. Um, my husband and I actually lived and worked in two rooms for about seven years, mm-hmm. and it, there was no physical separation between work and, and and home oh yeah and you know and it's, it can be really challenging because you're always in that space you don't get the separation and we bought our home a few years ago and i have my own office he has his own office we have a separate jewelry studio downstairs and it's like this whole other world um <laughs> where i can walk out of my office at the end of the day and be done uh, but I also find some days, and I'm, I'm actually going to be doing more of this. I've I've gotten into the habit of going once a month. I go and work somewhere else, but I'm actually going to step it up to doing it once a week shortly because there's a different energy when you get out of your normal space. Oh, and definitely, go, yeah, yeah. There's- and I just, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I
1: was just say there's a lot to be said for cafe working. Um, I I get this feeling that the people in the cafe are judging me if I just start to scroll through Facebook, which they're <laughs> not, they don't care, <laughs> but like, I, I can sit, you know, if I'm alone in my room with absolutely no oversight, I can spend an hour doing nothing, mm. and I never do that in a cafe, I mean, um, here in Taiwan, they usually have two-hour time limits, because people really do, like, take the nick with Wi-Fi. <laughs> Um, so you get there and you just get your work done and then you leave Mm. and also you've left the house which is always a good thing
0: oh yeah and um I I find cafe working really quite awkward I always feel like I'm sort of taking up space that I shouldn't but I often go to the library um or I hire a co-working hot desk for a day but I really like the library it's nice and quiet like I like quiet to work so it's a good space for me but I, some people like the bustle I totally so,
1: embrace you know. it yeah I mean I was in yeah. I was in Vietnam this uh summer and I saw a guy that had taken up like a tiny little cafe in Hoi An and he'd taken up an entire table with like a really complex stand that his laptop was on like his laptop was at eye level and he was on a stool and then he had a <laughs> microphone set on and I he didn't wow. he didn't care uh, and he's getting yeah. work then.: <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's just got to keep buying coffee right um yeah yeah exactly um i i think a change of scenery is really good especially if you're creative you don't want to stagnate too much and when you've taken on more work than you should which is most creatives (laughs) (laughs) me all the time then if you're working from home you're you're gonna just see the same four walls and it's Mm. good
0: no and i like what you also said about going to work like uh it can be really easy when you work at home to just yeah roll out of bed and just go to work in your pajamas, but I, yeah, that never works for me. I don't think it works for a lot of people because you just, you don't shake off that morning fog. You don't make Mm. a clear distinction between my time and work time. And, you know, I, I go exercise and I have a shower, I get dressed and then I work. And then at the end of the day I go for a walk or something and like, you know, put, put boundaries around it. Yeah. It's
1: really good to bookend it. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a luxury. Like I, I couldn't afford to separate my workspaces for the first two or three years of my business. Mm. So I, I worked from a tiny flat in London above another pub. My whole life was. Back then. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so you know, you'd put a ball at the edge of the wall and it would roll into the center of the floor because yeah. the flat was <laughs> going to fall apart. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I, I mean, my, I've, one of our housemates who was so tolerant but I mean there was just glitter everywhere I used to glitter my own cards which was a terrible idea um, <laughs> <laughs> um and, and, and like I just stupid stuff like that that was that was like two years and sometimes I kid myself that I was getting more work done because there was no commute but your commute mm. will be it will be half an hour it's it's yeah you know as soon as I could afford a studio I got, I got one for a charity so it wasn't super expensive by London standards and it was about a 30 minute commute and I think you you do a lot of unconscious thinking when you're traveling and that's Mm. that's not time wasted even if it feels like it is um and I I got so much more work done even though I was then in I tried to be in sort of nine to five or ten to seven or something like that Mm. whereas back when I was working from home I was technically working 10 to 12 or basically all day I'd in the evenings I'd sit in front of the tv with my friends and watch films and pack cards Right. Yeah. I, I, I still, I, I get more work done with an actual workspace. Um, mm. So as soon as you can, either separate the space at home or rent something outside your home, ideally, like I think that's one of the best investments you can make for your own mental health.
0: Mm-hmm. So a few follow-up questions from that. One, uh, ha- now that you're travelling, and you've been travelling for quite a while, I believe, mm how do you manage the business? Because I, I was reading a website that your stuff is shipped from the UK. So I'm assuming you have some sort of fulfillment or people back home doing that aspect of your job for you, like or your business for you.
1: <laughs> yes, I do. Um, so that happened actually quite a few years ago, four years ago, I moved into a warehouse. Um, so, uh, it, and again, my output is not huge. I'm a really, you know, small one-woman business essentially, but um, especially during Christmas, we'd get up to nearly a hundred orders a day for about a month. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started to hire in um, people in the studio, uh, which was really cool, but I was still working sort of nine to nine every day for like the whole of November and December. Um, and if I wasn't working in the studio packing and sending orders, I was doing markets on the weekend, which also involved mm-hmm. a lot of prep and a lot of just physical work. So I was just a husk. Um, <laughs> and I had a friend with a ceramics business who recommended this place for me. So they—they, they, it's not just my warehouse. They have lots of little businesses. I'm sure you <laughs> can find this in every country. Um, and um, I pay them like sort of 25 pence a minute to pack orders. Um, and so they log into my online shops in the morning and um, see if there's anything sold and send it out. And uh, I send them wholesale orders as well, which they're able to get out a lot faster than me. Um, yes, Because they, you know, say if all, a few of their companies sort of balloon, they can just hire more staff. And if things yeah. are quiet, they can reduce staff, which is something you don't have the flexibility to do. Mm-hmm. And also when you live in an expensive city like London, it makes no sense to be paying a premium for storage when you yeah. these these fulfillment centers are generally out out of the way a little bit to save on things like that um, So it kind it's, of it's hard to tell when you're at that tipping point when it becomes financially viable But you just have to sit down and do a bit of maths um, mm-hmm. And it was that was the scariest step I ever took. I think it must have been like four <laughs> or five years ago um, and yeah, I, I did it, got all my stock to this place. And I just felt like I was abandoning my <laughs> children. I don't, <laughs> I don't have any children, which is why I can be so blase about that. But mm-hmm. I, I just was like, what have I done? People are going to hate this. And yeah. no one cared. I mean, you can find these fulfillment centers that um, are really sensitive about your requirements for how you want things packed, like how it still needs to be beautiful and well cared for. Um, yeah. I've never really had a complaint um and it it frees you up to do more designing more creative work which is Mm -hmm. if you have a following that's definitely what they're interested in they're not interested in seeing you pack orders Um, yes so that that happened like four years ago and it took me two years to realize oh i don't need to be here anymore (laughs) (laughs) i should travel more (laughs) yeah yeah so I mean, I still spend time in London every year. Obviously, that's where my business is based. Um, I do yeah. markets, but um, I just try to travel as much as I can now uh, because it's one of my passions aside from drawing.
0: Yeah, see, this is something that I am. I'll be br- brutally honest. And people like me, who you know, we have uh, a physical object that we make. Mm. I'm so jealous of illustrators that you, you know, you can kind of separate the making or the designing from the fulfilment. Yeah. You have such an ability to scale and it sounds like that's exactly what you've done in such a an effective way to just get your work out to more people, which is fantastic.
1: That's true. It's so hard when you do something that's a bit more hands on. Um, I mean, my my stuff is very hands on to begin with when I create an illustration. Um, mm. but then I do that one time. And yeah. it's scanned in and you then create products off the back of that and yeah, it's, it's much, much harder when it's, say, a jewellery business or a textile business or something like that. So
0: you, obviously, you know, you've been scaled for quite a few years now and it sounds like business is going from strength to strength. How did you get the word out about your business? What was the most successful way
1: that you marketed your business to, to see this growth happen? Um, that's a really good question because I feel like that question is changing all the time and you feel like mm. you're just, like, running up to catch, uh, running to catch up with it um i because to be to be honest to begin with my facebook page was an amazing tool and mm. now it's not really <laughs> <laughs> I, I like i have a few people that definitely uh, hear about my new stuff from there but i think in terms of growth it's really difficult to grow it without paying for promotion mm. and then you get trapped into that cycle um and i'm much more into organic kind of word of mouth promotion rather than forcing myself onto people's screens. Um, which is what online advertising can sometimes feel like a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, a Facebook page in the beginning was really useful. And then I think I gradually became more reliant on Instagram, um, which makes sense for creatives and artists because it's so visual. Um, so I still, I still really love Instagram, even though it's the algorithms are changing and it's, it's getting harder and harder to reach people without giving them money i um, okay, more and more, more the way of Facebook <laughs> Exactly, yeah, which I, I'm not actually against, like, you know, if you, mm. you put money in and you reach more people and then make more money, it's, it's fine, it makes sense, but I, I, you know there's all these mixed reviews of uh, how it actually works for people and I think mm. you can just end up getting a little bit trapped um, actually the best, the best marketing was doing, a, doing Brick Lane every Sunday and handing out business mm-hmm. cards every Sunday um, that's yeah. where I got followers for, you know, that are still with me today. I
0: yeah. think there is something to be said for the face-to-face. Yeah, you know, graft. Yeah, just
1: <laughs> showing up. Market. Yeah. Mm. Um,
0: and for people who have something like that in their their city or their town, especially in the beginning, it can be a really powerful way of building that network and that community of people who know about you.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like, it's, it's, sometimes it can feel a bit futile. Like, I, I have done some, what's, I don't know what the word is, um, not well-attended markets. It's terrible, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, really crushing, soul-destroying markets, mm. uh, especially in the beginning when you're just sort of taking a chance on everything. Um, and even Brick Lane, it, it wasn't busy all year round. I mean, there were some Sundays where I'd barely make my pitch feedback or even make mm. a loss. But on one of those Sundays, um, a guy came and talked to me and bought a few prints, and he was the only person who bought anything from me all day. And literally a year later, that guy um, licensed three of my images to for his um, T-shirt company, which paid the rent for, like, six months. Wow. So, like, no day is wasted. <laughs> 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 unless, unless literally no one turns up, but I've never had that before. <laughs> um, yeah, that that would be a pretty bad day. Yeah, and, and you have to... You, the, the days won't all be fantastic. There will be some really boring days. But I I think when you're starting out, like, just showing up. Like, every city and town has some kind of local arts or crafts there. Um, and they can be so, so, so useful. So that,
0: I, that's really cool. I, I think, you know, Instagram works for a lot of people showing up, being present, that word of mouth. Look, at the end of the day, word of mouth is always, I don't care how... Pervasive the internet gets, we trust people we know and and care about it to give us recommendations. So that's always going to be an important element of marketing. It's just a bit more difficult to uh, oh yeah control, absolutely. You
1: know? It's just yeah, it's so hard to generate. I mean, I do it myself. Like like I said, my my warehouse, I went through a friend. My accounting software, mm. another friend. My card manufacturer, another friend. I, I <laughs> It's, I will obviously do the online research, but I'm a hundred times more comfortable using a recommendation and it will be the same. People will view your business the same way. Absolutely. So let's
0: switch gears for a second talk about challenges. Mm-hmm. What have been some of the challenges that you've overcome throughout this process of building this business?
1: Um. Definitely self-doubt um, <laughs> and I guess imposter syndrome, things like that that are so common that... I mean social media can be a, a demon for it but you know you post your newest product and no one cares <laughs> you know, you get <laughs> half the interaction you usually do and that will just hang over my head like a cloud all day and i'm like why am i doing this mm. um well actually what what bothers me the most is um mistakes beating myself up for mistakes i make because i've made some huge mistakes um mm-hmm. on my first calendar which is one of my most popular products i do like a Birds in Hats calendar every year. Um I spelt calendar wrong on the front cover the first time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <That's> calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna hurt. And I've got a writing degree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I and mean, I feel bad when I like make a typo between the wrong there and there in an email. But
1: yeah. yeah. No, it's a bad yeah. one. It's a bad one. Um and that <laughs> that like for a good week, really te- i was like, I I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> or like little things like, um. generally the creative community is fantastic. Like a lot of my closest friends who I miss a lot in London are like amazingly talented creative business owners and they're so supportive. And I don't believe in this, like, you know, this town isn't big big enough for the two of us mm-hmm. mantra. I think like we'll just make the town bigger. It's for sure, you know, more and more creative business are being formed and, and you just, you know, you, evolve you don't just feel like beaten down by it but i've had a few sort of like um not really like friends but like um little digs uh, sometimes mm. especially at events someone might say something like um oh uh, i think even last christmas someone said to me like, oh you've gone really quiet haven't you <laughs> <laughs> they're probably just trying to goad me but again for like a few days i was just like right well it's over uh i've, <laughs> ha- I've had my fun <laughs> And you just have to remember that like everyone makes mistakes. Everyone mm. feels really unpopular and they just don't talk about it that much. So like you know, Instagram especially, people are posting the highlights. They're like, "Oh, I just oh, yeah. published." Not like, "Oh, I just made a loss this month." Like <laughs> no one, pub- no one publishes that, but it happens to everyone. Oh yeah. We're all comparing ourselves to people with say like 10,000 more followers or 10,000 more sales than us, but we're also people are comparing themselves to us um mm-hmm. and it's all futile <laughs> yeah. none of it's helpful like you have to just get out of that practice of comparing yourself and just just do your best and try your best and like say what's i think it's samuel beckett isn't it oh please google this before this goes out <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah, i think it i think it's beckett it's um you know if you've failed fine, fail again, fail better. Like it's, it's true. Yes. Cause I keep it failing. I'm pretty sure I make a pretty big mistake every year and mm-hmm. just get over it and don't do the same mistake again.
0: No. And you won't do it again and you'll find some other mistake to make and that's fine because yep. it's progress. It's learning.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so now that you are traveling, what is kind of a normal day? Do you have a normal day or is it more like a normal week? Um, um, where you organize where things get done and time, just enjoying
1: time zones are really tricky um <laughs> although actually i quite like it especially when i'm in asia which is my like the current continent i'm traveling um i kind of get a head start over the uk <laughs> because yes my uh my like um no their 8 a.m or their 9 a.m is my 2 p.m so I don't know. I can sort of get things done in the morning and then shoot it all off in the afternoon and I, I just look like I've got my stuff together <laughs> <Just> <laughs> nice. and then um, with Australia I'm in the same time zone which is really nice because um, I have a wholesaler um, I have a stockist even in uh, Adelaide um, really mm-hmm. nice shop actually called have you met Charlie I'm hopefully going to go and visit in February um, and I'm on the same time as her pretty much now. So we're collaborating on jewellery and we can just talk about that. And then, you know, the afternoon comes around and I'm talking to the UK. Um, so you, you just have to sort of try and use it to your advantage. Um, but because of the time zone thing, I may also need to work at 11 o'clock at night if I'm right. on, if I'm on a deadline. Because in the UK, that's just end of play. So mm-hmm. um, I don't, I, I it sounds weird, but I don't, advertise the fact that i'm traveling to mm. obviously i my instagram i'm posting all sorts sorts of stuff but that's just for fun but if i'm working with a client on a project i just yeah i'm not hiding it but it's just it's not important <laughs> for them to know and it is still important no. that i work to their deadlines and their time zone um right but yeah a typical a typical sense. day the only thing typical about it is it starts with coffee that's my <laughs> only constant <laughs>
0: Do you have many days off where you just enjoy where you are?
1: yeah, yeah, I do. I mean this whole actually the summer, so for two months this summer um I was still answering emails and I was still um I do quite a lot of commissions um I'd say that's mm-hmm. maybe forty to fifty percent of my income is commission based um, okay. so I was um blocking up September and October with uh commissions and um and new clients to come back to so I was kind of, and also kind of a side project um but i really want to um become a mural artist um Mm -hmm. so i was doing murals as i traveled um often swapping free accommodation for a mural for a hotel or hostel so that's kind of work but very much pleasure um i don't know whether it's work if you don't get paid for it
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh it's still work but that's amazing like how did you translate illustration to mural like it, it I'm assuming you're using different materials. It's on a different scale. Uh, is it something you had experience with, or you just decided to try it one day? How did that happen?
1: Um, I think uh, I. I mean, I'm I'm afraid that it's kind of my ego, but I, I just want to <laughs> see my illustrations bigger, <laughs> <laughs> like, plastered on giant walls for everyone. Yeah, me.
0: <laughs> I love terrible. it. Terrible,
1: but I, I, I think when I, I do life drawing classes, when I can, and I'm always coming off the page. And I think what what happened with birds and hats is I had this one style um and it was sort of fineliners and pencil crayons and it was quite small scale and it worked and it paid the bills so I needed to keep doing it um and I can't complain um because it, it paid the bills mm. but it, it it stopped me experimenting um and then before you know it you're too busy to develop creatively um oh, yeah. so I've always wanted to work with paint more like I'm really love gouache lately and um also Chinese inks and Chinese brushes as part of the reason I'm mm-hmm. um, spending time in Taiwan is to to get to get used to them so I've been using a Chinese brush for about a year to illustrate with rather than a fine liner because for me it feels like a step up and it's been mm-hmm. so long since I've taken a step up creatively and um, it's been amazing like it feels amazing um, so yeah that's it's those are the kind of like non-quantifiable like they're not going to make me any money but they're going to fulfill me creatively things and Mm -hmm. obviously you need to balance them with the making money and living thing um but insanely (laughs) traveling is cheaper than living in london you know the Mm. average rent especially
0: traveling in asia
1: yeah exactly in asia in asia um i pay about 300 pounds a month rent and in london i was paying about a thousand pounds a month rent um, so it's a huge difference. So I don't have to be constantly chasing business and constantly doing commissions now. I can mm-hmm. just have a day where I'm like, I'm gonna get to grip with this ink, or I'm gonna go take this Chinese painting class, which is entirely in Chinese and very confused <laughs> 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 that, was, that was an interesting it's one. How many languages while you've been out there? A little bit. Um, my yeah. Chinese is pretty bad, but I'm I'm, I'm trying. I'd, I'd really I, I I'm monolingual like most.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, native English speakers. Um yeah. and I don't want to be. I I really want to learn um Chinese and Spanish. So
0: I did Chinese for two years at school and all oh. I can remember is yee how such and how to count to ten. Jen. So that's all I remember from all of that. So yeah, oh. the language is
1: not so. <laughs> uh
0: I definitely think we're the English speakers—it's—it's it's quite sad that we don't have a second language. You know, um, I feel—I feel envious of everybody who has multiple language abilities. Oh, but I guess sure. we can happen yeah. if we want to.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and when you travel, you realise, you know, it is doable. It just mm. takes a little bit of commitment. I mean, I meet people that are trying quadlingual regularly when I'm travelling, and
0: I think it's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it makes me feel pretty ashamed. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, the one sentence I've mastered in Chinese is, "I'm sorry, my Chinese is very bad." Well, <laughs> no, that's an important one to master definitely. I can say that like a pro. <laughs> Which is confusing. <laughs> but like I'm <"It's> okay. <laughs> love it. Yeah, yeah. So, do you
0: have one piece of advice that you would love to give other creative entrepreneurs that you wish you'd known when you started out?
1: Um, the boring one would be to get your accounts in order. Mm -hmm. Uh, because i didn't for the first two years oh neither did i you know (laughs) sitting there in january and the deadline is looming and i I just had a a hellish week because i I keep all my receipts but just in a drawer like Mm i literally just throw them in a drawer and then i'd open the drawer on the first of january and it would just explode and i would just be like, (laughs) (laughs) like even if you have like one outgoing and one incoming a month Log it. Get something like um, zero or free agent. There's, there's, I use free agent personally. There's loads of good ones, um, and just get on top of it immediately, and then feel really smug when you're filing your tax return. <laughs> you're done <laughs> on time. It is a good feeling. Yeah. Um, so that's a boring one, um, mm-hmm. and the more exciting one, I guess, would be like, don't. Uh, remember that like you're in this because you're creative and don't forget to look after that side of you. Cause for a few years I didn't and it was easy to ignore because I was technically an illustrator and drawing every day, but I wasn't um, experimenting. I wasn't trying new things. Um, so like make sure you make time for that. And it's easier said than done. And like, and also forgive yourself for the week where you don't make time for anything and you work 12 hours a day in your pajamas. Like, like, don't beat yourself up about that. You're making it worse. Just, like, get through it, but aim to have a work-life balance.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love that. And I so relate to that point about, you know, not not perhaps evolving creatively for a period of time because you're so busy. And I've totally been through this myself mm. in the last few years, actually. You're so busy fulfilling orders um, and doing all the other stuff around business that you don't necessarily have or make. Well, really, it's make the time to sit down and just play
1: yeah yeah that's so important um yeah it's 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 a hard though because you you feel ungrateful if you're like mm-hmm. you know you don't want to be one of those people that's complaining like oh i've got too much work oh no yeah. but it can yeah. happen really easily and it's, if you haven't got your pricing right at the start which again i didn't i was pricing everything way too low you can have um too many orders and not enough money that's quite common at the start Um, because then you're just working like crazy all day and you're not even making a lot of money for it so it's it's much better to put your prices up to an amount that's fair to you and have less orders because you're just gonna you're gonna do less work for more money and that will make sense
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely so do you have kind of a vision of where you're going to be in the future five ten years ago do you want to keep keep drawing birds in hats or is there something else you think might come along along the horizon for I you. Know,
1: for, for all this talk of like progressing as a creative I am still drawing birds in hats. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> the subject matter hasn't changed that much. <laughs> I what know, about other animals
0: in hats? Has, has there been a temptation? Have you secretly been drawing like bunnies and cats in hats and just not showing
1: anyone? Well actually today I've been working on um, I'm designing the Christmas decorations for a shopping uh, mall in Hong Kong uh, which is fun mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really fun actually and I've been designing them polar bears today so oh, awesome. mixing it up but um <laughs> I, I guess a lot of my followers are fans of birds and I think I do have mm. a few followers that are fans of hats um you know like what oh, no I forgot the name of people that make hats uh, <laughs> Milliners. Uh, Milliners. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I didn't know that <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely. I, I, I there are a few things that I'd like to see myself doing in five years. Um, but the business side of me is kind of checking myself and saying like, well, how are you going to make money doing them? Because mm. the two things I'm really passionate about is I'd really love to work on a graphic novel, and I'd really love to do big murals, like big mm. bits of street art, you know, whole buildings, sides of a skyscraper. Yeah. Yeah, genuinely, yeah. I, I just like I love the challenge and the fear when you're stood in front of that wall. Um, I'm actually <laughs> going to be painting a wall in Taipei um, next weekend, and I'm—it's the biggest one I've done so far. I'm actually having to get a platform to not a single, <laughs> not a yet, but a, <laughs> a platform to do it, and it's that sort of feeling of like, ah, oh, I this might be terrible, I might fail. I think it's a really important feeling. Um, mm. So I want more of those feelings. Um, and I, yeah, that, but like I said, there's also the little voice in my head that's like, yes, but how will you live? <laughs> Neither of those things are immediately profitable. <laughs> no,
0: but you can still keep selling the birds in hats. So, yeah. You know, keep that going. I think that's a good balance between the the business brain and the creative brain.
1: Yeah, it's important to listen to both. Um, you know, people might accuse you of selling out, but you know, unless you have a benefactor, which in which case good for you, you've got to pay the bills. Like you have to sell out to an extent, or yeah, have a job that isn't creative. But I, I don't want that. I want a creative job. So I'm a bit of a and sellout.
0: Be- <laughs> <laughs> but you want to be in charge of your own destiny and what you do with your time. And I think that's what that what that's what really makes people i think that's what sets people apart who are successful at this thing mm. it's called self-employment is that you've got to really be self-directed and you've got to enjoy being self-directed exactly yeah no for sure makes like difference
1: yeah i mean <laughs> london is my home and I'll, I'll keep returning to it and i'll keep being based there but i also i don't see myself stopping traveling in five years um mm. personally since i've started to be more nomadic um i started by doing a road trip around new zealand and then yeah traveling asia and i i think i've got better i think my work has got better um mm. and it doesn't need to be super expensive like i said i mean uh, obviously i'm coming from london but i've I've saved money doing this mm. <laughs> kind of crazy it, it takes a good <laughs> preparation and it is very hard when you're a hands-on maker, but there are ways of making time for adventures. Even if it's just going hiking in your local field or something, it's it. it yes. you have to just give yourself stimuli. I think it goes back mm-hmm. to what we were saying about like ex- escaping your own four walls. Like your your work will stagnate if you're stagnant.
0: I love that. I think that's a fantastic place for us to wrap up our wonderful chat today. Alice, where can people find you and your birds in hats online?
1: Um, well, my website is uh, com. So it's mm-hmm. Alice T-A-M-S. Um, or you can also go to birdsinhats.com because obviously I, I got that URL pretty early on <laughs> <laughs> and it's easy, way easier to remember than my name. Um, and I love, I, I do love Instagram. So yeah, if you mm-hmm. find at, Alice Tams on Instagram um, you can keep up with my wanderings and, and birds
0: I'm sure you've been told but when you come to Australia you have to eat Tim Tams
1: I've been to Australia and I have eaten Tim Tams and they, I love them <laughs> <laughs> they're so yeah. good actually I, I, I love Australia obviously Australia has the best birds um, so I will, I will hopefully be coming, to, be coming to Adelaide in February and hopefully having a show so that's exciting
0: fantastic keep an eye out for that everybody and thank you so much alice for taking the time to chat
1: with us today no problem thanks for talking to me
0: it was so much fun chatting with alice i hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as i enjoyed recording it and if you think hey i could do that remember shoot me an email jess at createandthrive.com tell me who you are what you make and share with me just in a few sentences the lessons you've learned that you'd like to pass on to the creative community here at Create and Thrive and come on the show and chat with me I promise like after every almost every single episode honestly I can't think of an episode where this didn't happen Um, after the interview my interviewees are always like oh that was so fun it was you made it really easy so it's really cash we just, you know, imagine we're sitting around having a a hot beverage or a cool beverage together and just chatting about business. That's what it's all about. So don't be shy. Come on and uh, chat with me here on the show and share your story because chances are you have gems of wisdom that would help others to help their businesses thrive. I'm Jess Den. Thanks for listening to the Create and Thrive podcast for another week. And I'll be back again next week with A big announcement about my new project. I can't wait to share it with you. Chat to you then. Bye.